Father, we just thank you for our missionaries, all of them, Lord, who have given their lives to serving you. And uh, we just pray this morning that, God, you would just speak to our hearts, uh, mums and dads, <coughs> young people, Father, uh, that you would just touch us and uh, speak something of your Father heart into us in Jesus' precious name. Amen. What a great day this is. Once a year we get to celebrate the specialness of um, being fathers. It's interesting that God's last word in the Old Testament towards um, the children of Israel is found in Malachi uh, chapter 4. And God says that he will arise with healing in his wings, which is absolutely amazing. But then he says, secondly, he says he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, else I will come and strike the land with a curse. And not only are people's hearts turned away from Father God, but our nation is becoming more and more fatherless. And that is basically exactly what it says. It's a curse. Fatherlessness in our nation is a curse. The family unit is under attack. And people just don't know how to live righteously before God. And I would suggest that there are more social problems generated in New Zealand society through the lack of godly fathers than through any other contributing factor. In fact, I updated the statistics um, that I've been running for the last few years just to give you an idea. And I couldn't find New Zealand statistics, but in the United States, they're published really, really regularly. And I would suggest that our statistics are very, very similar to the United States statistics. So have a look at this um, from the Department of Health and Census. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. Five times the average. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 32%, uh, 32 times the average. 85% of all children who show behavioural disorders come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. And 75% of adolescent patients in substance abuse centres come from fatherless homes. And I could just keep on going on and on and on and on and on because all the statistics show us that um, fatherless families uh, have got real, real difficult issues to, to deal with. And I'm not saying that things are hopeless for kids without fathers in their home. Uh, single mums can raise well-balanced, good kids, but it's just so much harder. And church, they need our support. They need us to stand in the gap for them. And when young people from single-parent homes come to know Jesus Christ and our Father God, the curse is broken and, they, and their lives go completely against the statistics. So if you know people uh, round about you, if you know people from our church who are single mums especially, see what you can do to help them and begin to sow into those kids' lives because they need our help if they are going to go against the trend uh, that's happening out in our society. 
No wonder there are problems in society. But God's heart is to restore relationships to himself and our relationships with one another. Fatherhood is one of the greatest blessings, but it's also one of the greatest challenges that a man will face. Any fool with hormones can make babies. But it takes commitment and courage to be a great dad. So this morning I want to speak and give you some things that uh, we need to do better as fathers, as parents, and as fathers in the faith. So first of all, your family needs you to pray for them and to teach them about God. But you can't do that unless you prioritize knowing God for yourself. I was really, really fortunate that um, in the very early years of my working in the dairy industry, I worked a lot alone. And I'd travel out to Te Aumuru and check out a waste treatment system that I was modifying. And at lunchtime, I got to spend time in my car and I would just read the word and pray. Uh, I spent hours and hours and days driving over the Hauraki Plains, visiting factories or doing environmental surveys uh, of the rivers in the area. And, and I would be just thinking and talking to God. And so uh, I got to establish in the early years of my Christian walk a really solid foundation in the things of God in terms of connecting with God. And as my responsibilities grew, I was so, so busy Uh, But Penny and I would get up early each morning to seek God and read the word, and my hunger for God just grew. Uh, We choose what our priorities are and where we're going to invest our time. There are always times and seasons in life. Guys, when you start a new business or when you get a new job, that becomes a priority time in your life. It's time management, how we balance work and recreation, our family, personal time. But we have to make spending time alone with God our priority. And that goes whether you're a man or a woman uh, here this morning. You need to make spending time with God a, a priority. No matter how good church is, no matter how instructive, no matter how supportive, no matter how uplifting, no matter how challenging church is, nothing can substitute for time alone with God. Because it's when you are alone with God that it's easier to hear his still, small voice. You weren't saved to go to church. You were saved to have a relationship with the Father God, the creator of the universe. So you have to do that, and then when you do that, church just becomes so much better. Uh, and then we have something to pass it on, because we're, we're, on the, we're in the pass it on business. Fathers have been given a unique opportunity to develop a child's spirituality. What a privilege that is. And mums, and solo mums have that same privilege. Deuteronomy 11, verse 18 through to 20 says this. Fix these words of mine in your heart and minds. Tie them. As symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, 
when you lie down and when you get up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And when you read that passage, you realize just how amazing uh, the word of God is to be in our lives. Don't leave the most important aspects of a child's development to chance. This is not a woman's job, guys. It's a parent's job. And fathers, if you leave God's stuff to the girls, your sons especially will believe that God's stuff is girl stuff. So we have to buy into this. We have to be diligent in this too. Uh, Penny did an absolutely amazing job bringing up our boys, but she couldn't do it by herself. And I had to take responsibility for praying for them, teaching them about God, getting them to church as well. So when they were younger, every night I would try and read the Bible to my kids for 10 minutes. And now we pray for our grandkids. But in those days, we bought them a picture Bible, uh, something that was their level, and we would sit down with them. I'd sit down with the two boys, and sometimes we'd have their favorite story, and their favorite story of Peter and um, Stephen was Jezebel being thrown out the window and, and her splatting on the ground and the dogs eating up the blood, and that was their favorite. They're boys. What did you expect? But every, every night we'd try and do that. For 10 minutes. So guys, if you want your children to grow up to be men and women of God, you have to be the man of God yourself. Because they're going to follow your example and you can't take them somewhere that you haven't been. So guys, you need to become everything that you can be in God. Not just for yourself, but for your family. And you need to break through, break through for yourself. If you aren't 100% committed to God, then definitely your kids aren't going to be. So... Press in, break through for them. Secondly, we need to go in love for the mother of our kids. Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church who gave himself for it. When the honeymoon is over, that's when the real loving starts. And it's fun, and it's not hard work, but we do need to work hard at it. It's intentional. Our love for our spouse is supposed to be a reflection of Christ's love for the church. And this is an unconditional love where we put our spouse first and try and please them before ourselves. Gary Smalley um, wrote a really breakthrough uh, book called The Five Love Languages. And in that book, he said, uh, each of us express love in a different way. So if I said to Penny, I love you, she would interpret that differently to perhaps what I would. So he says that love is expressed through words of affirmation, through quality time, through giving of gifts, through acts of service, through physical touch. And we give and we like to receive love mainly using one or two of these particular um, areas. Uh, in marriage, it's very rare for both the husband and the wife uh, to have the same primary love languages. For instance, um, for Penny and I, um, quality time and acts of service are important to Penny. Uh, for me, it's physical touch and words of affirmation. And so uh, we've got to learn to speak our spouse's love languages and our children's love languages also if uh, we want them to feel loved. And if you've never ever 
uh, read uh, Gary Smalley's books. Uh, you can get it out from the library or just Google it. And there's a love language for kids as well. So you can le- there's, um, there is questionnaires that you can fill out so you can pick up what your love languages are, what your kids' love languages are. And then it's really, really important that we just learn to sow into those particular areas. So you're all talking the same language. Number three, our time is precious. And it's one of the most valuable gifts you can give your kids. Um, we will influence our kids either by our presence or our absence. Time reveals the priority in your life. Dad, if your family is really important to them, then give them priority time. Uh, I heard one preacher speech, speaking on this one time who said, Kids want your time, not your money. Well, his kids must have been different to mine because my kids always wanted my money. And they still do. But they want my time as well. Now, while the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, and if he doesn't look after his own, he is worse than an infidel, the reality is our kids want our time more than anything else. And I I knew that my dad loved me because he spent time with me. Um, when our children were growing up, I would have been as busy, if not busier, than most of you here uh, this morning. But Penny and I prioritized spending time with the boys. And uh, because I was so busy, I was on 24 uh, hours a day call, uh, we set aside one evening, which we, which we said, okay, boys, this is your night. We will do whatever you want us to do on that night, that Monday night. This is the kids' night. And I guarantee that if you were to talk to um, Peter and if you were to talk to Stephen uh, this morning, they will have memories of our games' night because as the kids grew, the games got, um, got bigger and wider and uh, we, we had some absolutely great, great stuff. But I know you can be creative and you can find ways of making time with your kids and making it really, really exciting. And it continues through life. Uh, even today, uh, every week, uh, when Stephen and Prue um, were living away from us, we'd still go over, on a, um, generally on a Monday night, and play games, play cards, do stuff together. So dads, investing time in your kids doesn't stop when your kids grow up and leave home. It continues through life. Work at finding stuff that you can do together with your kids. Sort out your time priorities today. And also, you've got to become your kid's greatest encourager. Uh, Hebrews 10.25 says, let's encourage one another. This stuff isn't rocket science. But this is the sort of stuff that either builds or breaks um, family relationships. Your kids need encouraging. You should be their greatest supporter, and they need it today, especially young kids growing up in school. I'd have to say that the environment that our kids are growing up into today is far, far, far harder than the environment that I had when I was at school. There are just so many more issues, and it's so, uh, so much harder for the young ones. Uh, and being their supporter isn't a matter of talent. It's a matter of encouragement. You give your kids something to live up to or down to. It's your choice. I mean, we've been created in God's image. So it means we respond to praise. People don't become what you nag them into, wives. 
If you want your husband to become something, encourage him into it. We're created in God's image. We don't nag God. We worship him. We thank him. We praise him. And the same will be true with your kids. Kids always respond to rewards over punishment. It's in their nature. And you can build that into your lives. They become what you encourage them to become. Encourage, encouragement brings out the best in people. My dad believed in his kids. So I've got my brother with me this morning, which is um, great. Alan, why don't you stand up, Alan? And everyone can give you a hiss and a boo. And, uh... <laughs> He'll tell you that um, one of dad's greatest heroes was uh, Sir Donald Bradman, which was one, an Australian batsman, cricketer, um, one of the greatest cricketers who's ever lived. I didn't have a choice as to whether I was playing cricket or not. I had to. <laughs> yeah, I was named after him too. Yeah, that's probably, that is probably too. But they always supported me, and they always encouraged me. And mum was the same. When I took up tennis, uh, she would go and play tennis with me at 6 o'clock in the morning uh, for an hour before school. And I can't remember Dad ever missing one of my soccer matches. He was my greatest supporter. Uh, when I was at university, he would go into Auckland Library every Wednesday he would look up the Manor with two papers to see if the, I was ever mentioned, and he would write to me and say, hey, I saw your name in the paper, and he would photocopy it, he would put it in a scrapbook, and he would take it along to work so that he could brag on it with his, um, with his friends. I learned from my dad the value of being my boy's biggest supporters, and I haven't been anywhere near perfect, but I've always tried to support my boys 100% in anything that they chose to do. And so encourage your kids. Tell them that God's got a plan for their lives and they'll believe it because they will see you and they'll know that when times get tough, there is someone that they can go to for help. Respect their individuality. Every child is different. And the challenge, the challenge is to love them equally and treat them according to their individuality. And this is really, this is really, really hard. One of the mistakes that Jacob in the Bible made was that he had a favorite son, Joseph. And that really screwed up the family uh, relationships to the point that the other boys were so angry that they wanted to kill Joseph. I've only got two sons, and they were both so, so different. Peter was always very studious. Stephen loved sports and just wanted to have fun. And so I had best of both worlds. Uh, I remember one time having a water fight with buckets with the boys when Stephen ran for the security of the house. And I can still picture him standing with the front door open, standing in the hallway going, nah, 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 as he used to do. And he knew that I wasn't going to wet the carpet and the wallpaper just to get him. Wrong move. He taught me well. I drowned him and the carpet, and the wallpaper, and Penny was not pleased. She was not pleased, but the look of surprise on Stephen's face was, pr was priceless. I can still see it. Peter was always very compliant. Stephen always pushed the boundaries. 
really crossed them, but boy, he gave them some nudges sometimes. I suppose two great loves in my life, apart from my wife, would be love of music and love of sport. And I got that in both my boys. Um, <clears throat> Pete was great musically. Stephen was always good with people and good at sports. So <clears throat> we had to treat our boys differently to bring out the best in them. But we always tried to love them the same. And just as an aside for all you mums and dads with really stroppy, strong-willed kids, very, very often the character traits that you'll see in your kids that are such a pain as they go through um, their early years, often those very same character traits are the traits that God has placed in their lives because he's going to mature them and grow them. And they will be their strongest, strongest um, areas of blessing when they mature into adulthood. Number six, remember you aren't perfect, so neither are your children. Give your children room to fail, and don't be too hard on yourself. Remember, all have sinned. So turn to the person next year and say, you have sinned. You have messed up. Because you're an all. Everybody. Everybody. And in fact, mums and dads, if we're honest, when we look back, we don't know how our first children survived. Really, we, we knew nothing about parenting. You try it out on the first kids, and uh, invariably, invariably, you make heaps and heaps and heaps of mistakes, uh, and you try and do it better for the next one. And uh, because we all fail, don't be too hard on yourselves. Uh, no one's perfect except God. He created Adam and Eve, and they both disobeyed him. But he still loved them. So no matter what, love your kids. And even if they walk away, make sure they know that they will always be welcomed back. They will always, always be loved. Very, very few times will our kids do life in exactly the same way that we want them to do it. And that's real challenging. But you just got to let them do it. And also, as grandkids, it says, train up a child in the way he would go. It doesn't say, train up a grandkid. You have to let your kids train up their own kids. You can help them when they come for advice, but you can't step in. Although you like to sometimes. If you've got grand if grandchildren, you know it. Um, You've you got to let them make mistakes for themselves. Lastly, be a role model that your kids can look up to. Kids are looking for a hero to model themselves after. And dads, they will always look to you first. And the same is true. Boys always look up to dads. Um, 
girls will look up to their father in terms of relationships uh, with the opposite sex. Uh, they look at how you treat their mum, how you lead in the home, how you handle problems, how you make provision for the family. It's interesting that if both father and mother go to church, 72% of the children will also go to church when they grow up. My dad was a great dad. He, he wasn't perfect in any way. But I never heard him yell at, or yell at or strike my mother. And my kids never heard me yell at Penny or strike her. And I expect them to carry on that, that example. My dad worked for the same company for over 30 years, and when he died at age 64, I lost my greatest supporter. What about you? Your kids are going to be like you. Are you worth following? With Jesus' help, you can be, because every one of us here are just one prayer away from getting back on track with God. You may have completely messed up when it comes to the parenting. You may have lots and lots of regrets when you look back and you see the way that you did life or didn't do it well. But with Jesus' help, you can be forgiven for your past you can be infilled and supported for today and you can be given great, great hope and guidance for the future. So if you've really messed up with your kids, start putting it right. And if you can, start praying not only for your kids but pray for your grandkids or those kids around about you with no dads. I guarantee that in every street of our city, there will be kids who are desperately in need of a Christian role model. They'll be desperately in need of a father or mother to get alongside them and just encourage them because they won't be getting it from too many other places. So I want to encourage you, even uh, the older people, uh, find some young ones whose lives you can pray into, uh, ones that will benefit by having someone stand in the gap for them.